Welcome to But First People, a podcast by Pride Global that dives into the remarkable diversity of the world of work. I'm your host, Kamala Forbes, and as we celebrate Pride Month, I had the honor of speaking with Stephen Garibel, Vice President at TD Bank. At TD Bank, Stephen spearheads the community and LGBTQ business development efforts, playing a pivotal role in increasing the hiring of LGBTQ professionals and providing essential banking services to their community. In addition to his contributions at TD Bank, he extends his dedication to advancing LGBTQ markets through his involvement with the National LGBT Chamber of Commerce. Within NGLCC, Stephen serves on the Certification Committee, ensuring that participating enterprises are LGBTQ owned and that those businesses are gaining access to proper supply diversity initiatives and resources. Furthermore, he serves as the chair of the TGX Mentorship Committee acts as the board president of the New Jersey Pride Chamber of Commerce and is a part of the Stonewall Community Development Corporation and CUNY LGBTQ Plus Advisory Council. He's widely recognized for being a bridge builder and for driving positive change through his collaborative efforts to empower and uplift the LGBTQ Plus community. In today's episode, we dive into the power of being an ally and how we can create inclusive cultures and initiatives that promote hiring and support of LGBTQ plus individuals. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Stephen. So Steve, one of the signature themes of the First People podcast is that we have our guests sing a song for us. Now, I am like karaoke queen, love a song, but it really coincides really nicely with Pride Global because here we have our employees whenever they start, they get to sing, you know, 15 to 30 seconds of a song. And it's just a nice way to warm up, get reintroduced or rather introduced to your audience and, you know, just kind of feel at home. But it's about getting real and relaxed. So in that vein, what song would you like to sing for us today? You know, I think uh, one of my uh, go-to albums right now is uh, Trustfall, so Pink's new album. Um, I'm not the best singer, but I'll give you my version of a verse. So picture a place where it all doesn't hurt, where everything's safe and it doesn't get worse. Oh, my. We see through bloodshot eyes. Uh, that's kind of my, my favorite one right now. All right. Well, <laughs> there we go. To the point. But... It's all about the words, right? The words yeah. of that that really resonate and, and stay close to home. Now, I know a little something about you that you're a passionate champion of DEI and of supporting diverse owned businesses. And you're also notorious for supporting and creating opportunities to advance the LGBTQ plus professionals and business owners. So tell me, what is your why? Like, what inspires you to do what you do? I think seeing people be successful, uh, no matter what challenge they have had put in front of them is just something that makes me happy. Uh, and there's so many resources out there and there's so many opportunities, but we're all bad at marketing them. So no one really knows where they are. So with, you know, with diverse owned businesses, really helping them connect the dots, um, an entrepreneur that has a dream, if I could be a part of helping them get there. Um, you know, I've had great mentors in my career that have helped me along the way. Uh, so when I'm working with colleagues and if there's a way that I could help them, you know, maybe find a better step to get to the next level or the next spot in their career. Um, it really makes it makes me feel good in the end to to help people uh, succeed. 
Yeah, when you hear their stories, I mean, they've done the work, they've put in that time and the effort and the energy, and they have a product or a service that's amazing. And all they need is one little piece of the puzzle. And if you could provide that, like, why wouldn't you? It, and, it's and, the connector piece sometimes that we miss on, and it's okay. You know, just being, and especially as an entrepreneur, sometimes we don't want to ask for help or think we have to have all the answers, and we will never have all the answers. Um, I struggled earlier in my career being like, hey, help me, you know, raising my hand and saying, let me take that help or getting the introduction that would have helped. And I learned that, you know, those are the things that really can help you excel. You can have all the skills out there, but if you don't know how to connect them with the right people or opportunities or, or organizations, um, they're all going to go to waste. Well, that's the great piece about just being that missing piece of the puzzle. So, Steve, this month, as we know, is Pride Month month of June, we celebrate. I would love for you to tell us how your experience of being a member of the LGBTQ plus community has influenced your personal and your professional life. You know, from being part of uh, the LGBTQ plus community, I've seen, and I'm a, an older generation one too, so I've seen things a little differently. You know, when I was younger, there weren't kids out in high school. Um, it was something that people came out later in life where they hit it. And it kind of helped them not live to their full potential. And, you know, earlier on in my career, when when you're hiding something, it doesn't. You can't live to your full potential. So once you know, you unlock that piece of saying, "Hey, I'm I'm, I'm I feel comfortable being my authentic self." Uh, it really helps you connect better and and live your career potential and your personal potential. You're never going to be fully happy if you can't show everyone who you really are. Yeah, but bringing your true self to work, right? And bringing your whole self. And it is, and it's hard. It's It takes time, and everyone has a different journey with it. Um, and that's that's the biggest um, piece of why I like to be out and helping people. Yeah, and I think that's really the key that you talk about, the generational difference of how it was back then and the way the future is looking for, for us and for people in the community, that they're able to show up as themselves and, and bring everything to that table. So in your current role, you lead your company's efforts to increase the hiring of LGBTQ plus professionals. Can you share some of the initiatives you have in place to accomplish this? And I think when we when we look to bring on new employees, we look, there's so many different areas that we can go. Um, one of the things that we've had some great success with is working with some of our community partners and nonprofit organizations that have clients that um, need jobs and really helping them, you know, learn about what careers in banking is and finance because it's not what everyone thinks. You know, old school banking isn't the same. You're not, there's not just a teller position. And there's not just a, you know, retail store positions. There's other opportunities too, but the retail store is such a great place to get in. I started my career through retail apparel and retail banking, and it's a great way, especially for, you know, members of our community to find an organization that supports their community, has benefits that support them. And it's not just about going out to our community partners to tell them about careers. It's about helping them scale them and get them there, uh, whether it's working with um, building a LinkedIn profile. We all know that everyone finds their jobs, you know, on LinkedIn now, H helping to learn how to kind of tweak their resume or talk about maybe some gaps in their employment that they've had um, that were for reasons that are more LGBTQ related and how to explain that in an interview and, you know, going through just some 
helping me get more comfortable with interviews and interviewing tips, you know, really working with the local colleges and universities. Um, they have such great resources of LGBT students and LGBT student groups. And I always say one of the biggest things when you're looking for a company to go to work for is before you make that choice, you want to find out how you're going to feel when you're there. And these are just some great ways to do that because you're getting to see their employees and to see their hiring practices early on and, and you know, getting those students from college into the workforce and building them at our locations is such a great thing. Well, that segues so nicely into my next question for you, Steve, which is you have previously led your firm's LGBTQ plus employee resource groups or ERGs or BRGs, as they may be known in some companies. But can you share more about why these ERGs are so important and the benefits they provide? Because I think it, it goes hand in hand with your the community outreach and the way that you're offering these services to different LGBTQ um, you know, students and and members of different organizations and nonprofit groups. EPRGs are so important to to your career. Your job is is your job, and you know you sometimes might work in a different location than uh, other people. You might be in a four in four walls of a building, like we have retail branch ba- uh, spaces. And how do you connect with people outside of that? You know, how do you learn about other opportunities in the company? How do you find mentors? How do you connect with people that are like you that can really help you build your skills? I learned early on from one of my leaders that my career was about building my brand. And you can't do that just working in your your one location or doing your your day job. And a lot of these things are volunteer efforts or, you know, networking events or opportunity or educational events and opportunities for you to get out. And they might be after work or before work. But there are ways for you to meet other people. And if I wasn't involved in our EBRGs and our diversity councils and, and things like that, I wouldn't have I would have missed a lot of opportunities throughout my career and not have gotten to where I got. My direct uh, supervisors were great, but this helped me brand outside of walls and meet people that I wouldn't have met otherwise. Yeah, and I think the, the key part to that, I always hear people say, you know, people do business with people they know, they like, and they trust. And the same thing, people hire people they know, like, and trust. Unfortunately, bias is a play with every human, every hiring manager. And while we're working on mitigating those biases, you know, they, they exist because we're human. You know, the same goes for diverse suppliers that are looking to, you know, do business. Um, that employee that's looking to get a promotion, they're it always comes into play, but it's about understanding how, you know, how those biases affect the decisions that you're making. And I think until you really start that networking piece and understanding how to expand your networks and your circles, bringing different people in, being intentional about who you hang out with or who you, you know, want to have dinner with, who you want to learn from. I think that's a really big, important piece. And I love that you're out there trying to encourage and share the the importance of that with people of the LGBTQ community. Well, being an ally inside of a, an EBRG is so important too. Um, you know, join as many as you can, get involved, and it helps you just cross over. And, and you learn a lot from each other too. And that's that's the other important and fun part of it. I think the best thing that I've you know, gotten from them are just storytelling, right? When you hear somebody's experience and have an opportunity to relate it to, you know, it might not be your experience. You might not have grown up like that or have people in your network, but just being exposed to it, understanding that 
the impacts it has on somebody else's life and how that could be similar to a different impact you know in your life and putting those two you know pieces together is really how you start how it resonates and how you want to start what makes you want to start to uh, put changes in place when you might not have that community of support in your personal life too uh, and this gives you just a whole nother community of people that are like you we have a lot of parents that join um, our ebrgs as a way to find resources to help with their kids and i think that's so so important because as a parent they were probably very alone and going through that and how better to support than you, know, you have these resources at your corporation that can help you along the way help your kids. And I think that the, that's such a great point you bring up. I think one of the most defining moments as we you know launched our ERGs here at Pride um, about a year and some ago was you know having somebody from our Prism LGBTQ plus ERG having a parent reach out and say, you know, exactly that, ask the question like, hey, you know, here's a situation that I'm dealing with with my kid. And, you know, is there somebody that I could talk to? I don't really know what to do with this. And being able to direct them, let them talk to other parents that are in the organization that are probably going through that same thing, having a resource as a, a younger person, probably in the age range of their Yep. Uh, you know, their kid who's able to share a perspective. And I think that was the most impactful, one of the most impactful moments that I could remember, of, you know, leading the ERGs and, and realizing how important they are and the value that they bring to employees. Well, while we know the value they bring, um, can you tell me maybe some of the most impactful programming that you've seen come out of ERGs? One of the biggest things that we've seen really come out of ERGs is leadership development programs and mentorship programs that really focus on the community you're in. We have one, um, it's called Proud to Lead, and we are I'm actually going up to Toronto to, we have another cohort coming in to kind of help with be, being one of the mentors. And it's just an amazing program because we focus on skills we bring in external learning companies to help you know build some leadership skills the group gets to meet people from around our footprint they work on projects together they have independent development you know i think that that's probably the largest the mentorship programs is probably one of the biggest benefits um, but i also think one of the other great things from our ergs um, that comes out of them is helping us make sure we have the right benefit packages available whether it's time off, um, you know, our maternity paternity leave recommendations came from our EBRGs. Um, some of our healthcare benefits for the LGBT community came from feedback from our BRGs. So it's really an internal voice that helps make sure that we're meeting the needs of all of our employees in each community. Well, that's great. It's one thing to be able to get that information. But Stephen, we know and this is something I'm sure a lot of our listeners are gonna, you know, perk their ears up to hear your response here. But how do you get the buy-in to make sure that when you get this information, you're actually able to do something with it and to create those policies and to have the funding and and the leadership buy-in that's needed to actually make a difference? And I think it's really important when a company sets up their EBRGs. Um, we have a management committee member. Uh, one of the direct reports to the CEO leads each one of our areas of focus. And then we have um, uh, an executive sponsor. And that's super important because they're very involved with their the EBRGs throughout our footprint. And they have a direct line into um, 
what is happening and how to make changes. And, you know, that companies can have EBRGs, but if you don't have that full commitment from top of house, none of the programs are ever going to get developed and put together. And watching our, you know, our members of our management committee actually be active in our BRGs is so great to see. And I think it shows a different side of them to our employees, too. Well, you obviously do a great job uh, leading those and, you know, helping to put in place those initiatives to make an impact. That's exactly why you've probably earned so many honors, including the Gay City News Impact Award for Outstanding Achievement. Now, what does that honor mean to you? And of all the work you've done, what are you most proud of? I'm most proud of being able to build out our LGBTQ2 plus uh, business development program in the U.S. with the support of uh, my leaders. Being honored is it's kind of an uncomfortable thing for me because I don't think what I'm doing is anything outrageous. I think it's just, you know, me being me. And that's that's important to me. Um, you know, I think the the thing that I'm most important of is really my current role. And I would never have been able to do this without really supportive leadership, really creating a role that took a community approach to how we do business with the community and help them and bring resources. And in turn, it's really helped to, um, one, to help me mentor some of our employees that wanna do things similar to this and watch them go out in the community and help bring resources. And also, um, you know, really connect the dots for a lot of our entrepreneurs who just really didn't know where to access things and watching them be successful because of some of the the connections that I've helped make them or some of the programs that we put together. That really is watching a successful entrepreneur and watching someone, you know, take the weight off of their shoulders and realize that they're not doing it alone is something that makes me happy at the end of the day. Well, that's what I love about it. It's one thing to be able to just do your job, but when you're able to do your job and at the same token, get that personal fulfillment of being able to help people, like you put those two together and that's just a winning combination. So I know during this month of June, Pride Month, we're gonna hear a lot about the challenges that people face being a member of the LGBTQ plus community. But can you share maybe a positive experience that you've had related to your LGBTQ identity? I would say a positive experience from um, me leveraging my authentic self is the role I have today. You know, if I was not involved in uh, networking organizations and nonprofits in the community and really wasn't scared to say who I was, I wouldn't have been able to get the opportunity to develop a role like this. And I never thought I would in my career say, look at what I look at what I did, look at what I created. I like to create and this is such an amazing um, thing to create because it's not a tangible product that's sitting there. This is just a whole movement of how we interact and engage with our communities. You know, I tell all of my colleagues um, that are living their out authentic selves that, well, it's great. Now you have a, a responsibility. You took that first step, but there's someone that hasn't. So how are you? Your responsibility now is to be that ally and that role model. And, you know, activism happens in so many different ways. And you don't have to be standing on the street with signs to be an activist. You living as your authentic self is your first step of activism. So, you know, being an ally to someone and helping them find their way to take that first step is super important. 
So, Steve, we know a lot of companies are do, having a lot of initiatives and doing some great things. Maybe this month to celebrate the LGBTQ plus community and culture, but we know that it goes so much further than Pride Month. How would you tell individuals and clients and people that are looking to work with companies that are invested in DEI and in maybe particular the LGBTQ plus community? What are some of the signs that you should look for to know that a company is truly invested? You know, when I think one of the most important signs to take a look at is the people that that are working for that company. Are there diverse? Is there diverse representation in senior leadership in the company? If it's a, a location that has a, a company that has uh, brick and mortar locations, when you walk into the store, do you see people from all different communities? Um, go online, take a look at their corporate and social responsibility reports because those will tell you a lot about it and. Take a look and see where you see them out in the community. Um, you know, are are the companies that you're supporting supporting the nonprofits that you support? Are they working with, um, you know, some of your local nonprofits, some of your larger ones, and really getting out there and seeing where you see their logos um, and not just their logo during uh, the month of June, uh, but where it happens the other times. My telltale sign always when I. Um, I'm choosing a company. I, if I don't see an employee that looks like uh, a member of the community there, you know, I don't know if that is uh, something they support or that the community feels comfortable working there. Yeah, that's such a key point. I was just reading an article the other day about diversity, dishonesty, and it was really just talking about, you know, how it shouldn't just be as a marketing thing now. So it's one thing to just see, you know, maybe that stock imagery of, people of a particular dimension of diversity, but what is it that's really behind that? What are the employees who actually work there or what are the community organizations they're involved with? So I think that speaks exactly to your, you know, your point of making sure that it goes beyond just what you see. Well, and generationally, our younger generations, our, our Gen Zs and our millennials make their choices based off of the way companies are from a corporate and social responsibility standpoint. So, you know, it's, People can identify if there's a fake. People can identify if companies not being authentic. And I think that's really important to take into account. And you know, when you're putting together your employee benefits programs, your marketing programs, when you're going to show up in a community, make sure it's, a, it's as authentic as can be. Have your employees give you feedback on it that are part of that community. Um, it really helps to make sure that you know, your brand shows up the way it should. And that's another really great point that you just made about the role of an ERG. Use them, you know, to get that feedback and to pulse check, to understand, like, am I being authentic? Does this sound like what it's supposed to sound like to the people that it's meant to address? And, you know, one of the, the most um, accurate quotes I've heard, you know, somebody say is like nothing about us without us. So you can't be trying to market to that community and not know what they want and how they want to be how they want to show up or how your company is showing up in their eyes. And because there's so many nuances to, and even inside the LGBT community, um, you know, we all have to be allies to each other. The great part about the LGBTQ2 uh, plus community is that it is a, um, an intersection of every community out there. There's men, there's women, there's every nationality. Um, there's just so much that builds our community. There's veterans, there's people with diverse abilities. There's so many of us and we need to be allies to each other. And unless we're all doing that, nothing else good is gonna happen for us.
And that, I guess, is one, if you could say maybe one or two action items that allies could take to support the LGBTQ plus community, what would that be? One of the best things that an ally can do, you know, uh, to support the LGBT community is if your company does have an EBRG, join that Forever Proud or the LGBTQ2 plus EBRG. We need allies. Allies are there to really help and it helps to break down walls and barriers for uh, for your employees. Um, and, you know, from a, a standpoint of business, if you have uh, an LGBT owned business in your area, go online and give it a review. Um, like it, follow their pages, share their social media, shop at them, all of that, even if you're not shopping at them, all those other things help to build their online presence, which helps get them more marketing and more people into them. So, you know, share their story and it helps to get them business because when that business succeeds, they're going to add more jobs and they're probably going to employ more people from that local community that's going to help uh, just everything in the area grow. I love what you just said, because it's one thing when people think about allyship and they're like looking for maybe donations or something that financially you might not be able to provide while you might have the interest and want to, you're maybe not financially able to do that. But those action items and those tips you just gave, it doesn't take much to be able to do that. A simple review, a like, a share. I mean, that's something any and everybody could do. And that the impact if people collectively do that is worth probably a thousand times more than maybe just a donation. So I think that's really key. And thank you for sharing that. And Steve, as we wrap up here, I know you've given the LGBTQ plus professionals and business owners so much support over the years. And the impact you've made in the community has been huge. But what do you want your legacy to be? Now, that is always a hard, <laughs> a hard question. I know um, you're you're shy and you don't yeah. want to get that that credit and pat on your back. No, it's, you know, I think w when I look at legacy, I know that I'm I'm not a political person. I'm not going to go and make huge political changes. But I know that there's things from a grassroots level of just doing good and mentoring people that I'm going to be able to help. And I want to see the generation of leaders that I have um, working with me right now. You know, my legacy would be to see them take on some of the things that I, I've taught them uh, just on how to connect people and how to use their voice to to do good and see them be successful and pass that on to other people. It's amazing. And, and what about sitting there and watching that one day it isn't even necessary because we've already done that work and the world just is what it is and everybody's accepted. And that would be an amazing way to watch a legacy Kind of grow it would and I, I know it, it it will happen and I, that's why i just can't i can't wait to see that's the thing that warms my heart the most is watching the people that mean the most for me or that i'm helping uh learn a task or, or get to their next level really succeed and that's passing it on you know i was always taught to to pass on your knowledge and to to lend a helping hand um and there's you know those things still it's those basic things that I learned as a kid that are still coming into what I do every day. Yeah, pay it forward, send the elevator back down, <laughs> call it what you may, but thank you for doing exactly that, for helping not only the LGBTQ plus community, but diverse communities in general, for being an activist, an advocate, uh, part of the community, and for all of what you do today and what you will continue to do. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Steven. Thank you so much for that insightful conversation. 
And thanks to all of you, our listeners, for tuning in. If you're interested in learning more about Pride Global, please visit our website at www.prideglobal.com. And if you have any questions for Stephen or myself, please email us at butfirstpeople at prideglobal.com. And of course, don't forget to like, share, rate, and subscribe to our podcast. We thank you for listening and look forward to having you join us for our next episode.